Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Hello Jane. Hello Finn. Here we are. This is our final podcast of 2021. It is and we're both feeling a little bit cranky, aren't we? We are. I'm channeling my inner Phyllis. <coughs> For those of a certain age, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, and uh, we've both just had a very hot curry, so we'll have to, yeah. <laughs> we'll to apologise for um, being croaky and blowing our noses and stuff like that. But um, we've got a lot to talk about today. Well, funny enough, though, we were saying this morning in our usual... It's going to be it's going to be one of those podcasts today, isn't it? It is. That we were we were talking about when we were going to record this, and we were going to record it a couple of days ago. And we thought, oh well, you know, what, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, today, everything has come to a head. Yeah. And there's so much that we can talk about. We had to cherry pick what it is we were going to actually actually put in the podcast. Yeah. So, well, so I mean, today's podcast is actually called "Extending." The school day, Omicron, and the difficulties of being female in education. So we got three Every, everything, three things to talk about today, and I think there is such a lot. So let's just get started. Okay, so on December the 9th, six working days before the end of this school term, um, Welsh Government uh, Education Minister Jeremy Miles announced two million pound uh, pilot for. Uh, schools to extend the school day by an hour Monday to Thursday to so four till five I think it was and an hour Friday morning eight till nine and that two million pounds was originally intended for 20 schools I think they got 14 schools mm-hmm. in the end to do that and I'm quoting here from the uh, minister's statement that the purpose of this pilot was to support learner and staff well-being, tackle educational inequalities and bring them more in line with patterns of family life and employment. Well, I, I just like to go back to something you just said there, to support staff well-being. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have the giggles now, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not quite sure where that... Does that belong in the same sentence? I don't know. Okay. So anyway... <laughs> Just just talking about, let's just talk about for a second, the fact that this has been announced six days before yeah. the end of term. You know, as former teachers ourselves, six days before the end of term, usually what's happening is you've usually got a cold or you're suffering with lack of sleep or um, you are completely overrun with things that you need to do before, before the end of term or you're wondering about how you're going to cope with all of those Christmas lessons or christmas parties or you know christmas parties that are yeah, topic yeah, for conversation let's sorry not go down that route I, I really meant performances you know those kinds of things that you do at the end of the school year in secondary as well as in primary you know your assemblies and all of those kinds of things but, but this but there's also this misconception that the school day doesn't finish that it finishes at, at three half three we, we know it doesn't no 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 okay so so there's lots to unpick here and I think that what we what we know about it so far it's a 10-week trial for 14 schools in the spring term to provide sessions for art music and sport as well as and I am quoting core academic sessions so Mm -hmm. the description of this as being a 
social and cultural additional provision solely is not accurate. No. This they are quite clearly stating in their in their statement that it is also for core academic sessions. And if it is also for core academic sessions, who is going to do that? And, and which pupils is, is this going to target? Because surely for that amount of funding, you're not going to be, to, to be able to, uh, you know, approach and, and work with children from, it, well, right across the school population. Yeah. It's going to be very, very targeted, isn't it? So, so let's talk about, let's talk about the funding first. And then we'll get to actually what this is supposed to be doing and where the evidence for that has come from. So they, they've got two million pounds for potentially 20 schools for 10 weeks, for 10 weeks. So we ran a load of numbers. We just played with some numbers just to see what that might actually mean. And, it, you know, it's very, very difficult with just two figures to yeah. really get to any real understanding of what that might mean. But let's say for the sake of argument, just to kind of put it in context, that because this is a pilot, you're going to have far more of that money maybe spent on mm -hmm. um, getting things up and running, having a structure and a system to, to make it work. So let's say for the sake of argument that just a quarter of that money is actually going to start paying for um, any additional staff or provision. Mm -hmm. um, so let's say it's 500,000. If you can find the staff. Yeah, let, let, let's just, the... yeah. Let's just say it's 500,000, which works out if you divide that equally amongst 20 schools, that's 20,000 pounds per school. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were to times that by the number of schools in Wales, just for 10 weeks, we're not talking for the whole year, just by the number of schools in, in Wales, it comes out at 28.8 million. Mm -hmm. So 28.8 million is actually one and a half percent of the total education budget for 21-22. And, and that total education budget covers everything from universities and preschool, you know, preschool everything yeah. that's Out, outside vaguely related to education. Yeah. So 1.5% of the total budget. And we are only talking about a 10-week, you know, let's just say for the sake of argument that they wanted to do this for all schools for the whole year. Well, I mean, well you'd, probably, I, you'd probably be talking about 10 to 15 percent. We did we did budget. double check our calculation for that one because we thought that that's <laughs> is it scalable? <laughs> well, this is it. This is it. You know, we we don't know if it is scalable. Mm. And certainly based on the figures that we've got, you know, it, it doesn't look like it really is scalable for, a, you know, a, a big project. So if this is a pilot, what's it really a pilot for? Mm. You know, what are they actually piloting? Are they piloting bringing in? Um, staff from outside the school and get them to run after school clubs well then why have they mentioned core academic sessions as well yeah that that's that's uh, you know you can understand you know the, the the art the music the sport all the things that suffered during lockdown yeah. that we've recognized for a long time that those are the things that children really have lost out on yeah but the core academic sessions, I mean, we just we were talking this morning that I noticed that they're, they're looking at reviewing what's happened to the National Children Project over in mm -hmm. England. And that will be interesting to see what's come out of that. Mm. But how that that academic core okay. is going to work here, I don't know. So they've said as well in the Welsh Government has said in their statement that the idea of this is to tackle educational inequalities. So if it's to tackle educational inequalities, they are looking at targeting particular groups. Mm -hmm. And we know that if you said to a load of year six boys and said, look, you get to come in to do extra literacy 
and you have to stay after school, I don't think they would be as quite as keen to do that. So you can see why they want it to be both the things that you can't really measure, mm. you know, the, the sporting and the cultural activities, as well as core academic. And they want it to be, and I quote, good for attainment, well-being and wider relationships. So Welsh Government obviously believe that this pilot is in part to address the loss of learning for disadvantaged pupils. So there is a, a, a very specific purpose for this. And they cite in their statement that this is based on evidence from the Education Policy Institute. Mm. So being being you, you've gone, you've been, <laughs> you've done quite a lot of reading this week, yeah, haven't you? Being the geeks that we are, mm-hmm. I, I went away and had a look at the Education Policy mm-hmm. Institute. And first of all, you know, who are they? That they are an independent, impartial, evidence-based research institute. So they're funded by lots of different people, including The Guardian and, um, you know, uh, different uh, academies and all kinds of uh, people. And they did a review on research on extended day programmes. So what they did is they looked at extended day programmes from around the world, looked at what they did, how they did it, who was involved in the, um, the provision of this, and whether it made a difference a measurable distance, a difference to attainment. They didn't measure in the same way the things that you can't really measure, mm. like you know whether children enjoyed sport and things like that. So you know there's limited evidence here. And was this pre-pandemic <clears throat> research? I don't know to be honest. I think it be, probably was. Because yeah, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? You know what was happening pre-pandemic for an extended school day and what's happening now, yeah, post-COVID or during COVID. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, a different thing to look at, but. The, the quote that I picked up on, which I thought was really interesting, was they said that there was strong evidence that extending school time can improve test scores if extra time is an extension of normal teaching practices and the curriculum, draws on school staff and is linked to schools existing activities in as many ways as possible. Just leave that there hanging. Just leave that hanging, absolutely. So they, they listed both what worked well in terms of um, uh, raising attainment and what worked poorly in terms of raising attainment. And in terms of who, for raising attainment, which is only one part of this project, but for raising attainment, and I'm quoting again, effects were largest when led by teachers Mm -hmm. or highly trained professionals. So highly qualified Mm -hmm. TAs, for example. When, they said that it was early years was the best time mm-hmm. to do this. So the younger you get the children into this kind of thing and how actually what they said was it should be the, the, the highest effect size was during the school day. Um, not an additional hours at the end of the day. Not additional hours at the end of the day. So if, if your real focus is improving the attainment of those pupils who've lost the most learning for want of a better mm-hmm. uh, description why don't you just reduce class sizes to 15 yeah and have additional sporting multicultural uh, you know music art sessions run by you know, external external you providers yeah. after schools as you mm-hmm. do just extend those but because teachers can't do any more in the school day than they do at the moment no, and so more most, teachers yeah. rather than it, the same teachers yeah. doing more things. It will be really interesting, though, to see how the schools within the pilot approach this. Yeah. Because I'm assuming they'll approach it in completely different ways to suit their context, to suit the pupils that they've actually... Uh, well, this is got. it. As far as it, we can find out, it is will be up to the schools mm. to decide what, how and when. Cool. Yeah. 
or not necessarily when, sorry, uh, what, who, and how this this yeah. looks like. So it's, um, I think it's, timing is so poor. If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, you may want to know about Impact Plus. If you go to www.impact.wales, you will find all of our resources, professional learning packs, professional learning films, digital workbooks. Link to all of our podcasts. Absolutely. Uh, We've got all of our um, sketch sketch notes. notes on there as well. And this is professional learning that makes sense. So it's research informed. It's practical. It helps you and your staff make sense of uh, whatever it is that you're improving. We've got a really wide range of subjects, topics, content for you to look at, haven't you? What kinds of things have we got? Well, we've got professional learning packs on things like oracy, a retrieval practice, the science, science of, of learning. learning. <laughs> Bit of an echo there, Finn. Uh, but lots of things that you know you might want to be developing in your school. So if you're interested in finding out more, log on to our website. And as Jane said, that's www.impact.wales and click Impact Plus. But this feeds in really nicely to a blog that I know we both read mm. yesterday on Twitter from the NH, NHT, put my teeth back in, and um, from Laura Dole, which really struck a chord with me. And I thought if, for the timing of that blog to come out, if you haven't read it, we'll, we'll put a link in at the bottom, yeah. along with the Education, the Education Institute, Institute link blog, as yeah. well. That I thought that it just hit the nail on the head. Thank goodness for yeah. the NHT standing up for teachers and actually describing what's going on in schools in a way that really mm. makes sense, that's that's accurate and that sounds the warning bell. Yeah, and, and I know, because you and I weren't together yesterday, we were messaging mm. back and forth. And the one thing that you said that struck a chord was the list yeah. of things that were going on, the initiatives and the expectations. Well, can, can we just listen? Go, go on then, go, let's, let's go for a list. Recovering from a pandemic, global it's pandemic. Just, that we're, just a small thing, yeah. Well, yeah. recover slash manage. manage. We're still in it yeah. and we're trying to recover from it at the same time. And we're adapting yeah. to potentially... Yeah, so there's three things in one there. Curriculum for Wales reform. Yeah, because that's still motoring ahead. ALN, ALN reform. Mm-hmm. We've got all the things from Qual Wales, the new qualifications release and well, schools, teachers. schools being released to work with Qual, Qual Wales on what's happening with that as well volunteering for the Estin pilot inspection yeah and then we've got this no on top of this the extension of the school day but on top of all of that and that is if you take the pandemic as three Mm -hmm. things recovering managing and all of the you know Mm -hmm. issues with being in the middle of a pandemic we've got um eight or nine things going on there but on top of all of that you've got an issue with staff absence yeah, and the fact that schools are str- a number of schools we spoke to are struggling. You can't get supply teachers. I was thinking about that because having done supply myself, you know, it, it makes you think: is it that supply teachers don't want to actually go into schools? But I think some of it may be down to the fact that you had it really about a year when supply teachers couldn't really work. Mm. And you know, if you're a supply teacher who's doing it because you you know you've retired or you've got children and you only want to do uh, a couple of days a week or you're an NQT and you're, you know, you couldn't get a full-time job and those NQTs have gone into the recover program that maybe the supply teachers physically aren't there 
no, I, do, I think, uh, yeah, it's struggling. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's really difficult. But Laura Dole, I, I think she's done the education system a real service in her, her blog because she quite rightly said no one's monitoring staff absence. No. Nobody's taking account of why. We're looking at the pupils. Yeah. But if we're talking about staff well-being as well, we need to look at well, pupil well-being is determined determined by staff well-being if staff aren't coping and aren't well aren't there Mm -hmm. then pupil Mm -hmm. learning is suffering so we can't recover from a pandemic if if teachers in the classroom are not recovering from the pandemic and it's a long-term thing isn't it yeah you know let's hope we don't get to christmas yeah and the whole system just well crashes and burns because we are so you know staff absence it's we know that it's illnesses both COVID mm-hmm. and other things, self-isolation, caring for dependents, which is a big thing, because the social care system is is massively creaking yeah. as well. Mental health issues. Yeah. I mean, so many people that we've spoken to over the last few weeks, months, have had difficult times in their lives and they've been struggling. Yeah, but also staff <laughs> having to deal with the, the massive increase in safeguarding issues. Yes, that, that are happening within school and the referrals because I know from the colleagues that we've spoken to that has that's been exponential really isn't it yeah so you know it can't be overstated and it should be it should be talked about openly and recognized Mm. that the fact that schools are functioning but only just yeah only just you know it's the supply issue means that TAs and head teachers are being dragged into the classroom so who is doing the job that the TAs and the head teachers were doing well nobody is and it was this one phrase as well isn't it but the reform juggernaut just keeps on coming it's that's quite scary isn't it yeah because I think that's something that we felt isn't it that there's there hasn't with everything else that potentially could put the brakes on where we're going we're still heading well, I, I think this this announcement of extending the school day six days before the end of term, it feels like, you know, so we've got year seven can wait a year till 2023 before mm. implementing the curriculum for Wales. But really, apart from additional funding for the odd little bit mm. here and there, um, you know, and not forgetting every time you have additional funding for something, you've got to apply for that additional funding. You've got to organise... It's the hoops you've got to jump through the, to get Organise the... Um, the delivery of that additional funding so additional funding great but it comes with additional work that you also need the time to plan what's the best way to spend that funding exactly so really we're in a position where the only significant um accommodation Mm -hmm. for this global historic overwhelming experience that we're all going through has been year seven and get an extra year but that doesn't mean that schools aren't still planning yeah so you know if, if that's the case we're, we're you know that's the only accommodation but on top of that it's not just that things are carrying on it's it feels like things are being ramped up that we're yeah. getting it's getting even faster at, at what point are we is it going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back i think we're approaching that yeah and i don't think i don't think we're in a position where you know the straw that's mm-hmm. going to bake the camel's back and you know we're, we're gonna have strikes or anything no. like that i think it's more going to be that uh, as we've seen in the last few days schools are going to close mm. not because the government already, has said you mm. need to close it's that schools 
haven't physically got the staff to stand in front of classes, mm. but then we've got them sitting at home in front of mm. computers. And I think that there's going to be more and more mental health um, sign-offs for staff yeah. because they just can't cope. They're at the very edge yeah. of what they can do. It's as if no one's saying, look, let's hold fire on this. This can wait for now. Yeah. There's no pause button on no. anything. No. Everything seems to be curing. I mean, we spoke to one colleague didn't we, last week where they're in the midst of all of this, mm. they're moving to a new school. Yeah. new school building yeah you know yeah. on top of everything else so yeah. it does feel a little bit like um welsh government have got their focus on the target of completion of a certain thing or the you know coming to fruition of a certain regardless pilot. of where we get there <laughs> yes but what they've forgotten is that that target or that that tick box or that mm. that focus it's going to be completely empty if by the time we get there, everyone is so burnt out that nobody really cares yeah. about it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you if you bear all of this amongst the context of Omicron and the level of uncertainty. Yeah. So so apologies if you're going to listen to our, blog, our podcast today looking for a bit of Christmas cheer. You're not um, going to get it. Well, you know where is the Christmas cheer for any of us? It does feel really difficult. I mean, we've literally just uh, finished listening to uh, Mark Drakeford on uh, his his now will be weekly briefings for COVID-19 and the Omicron. Mm -hmm. And he was asked a question of, um, should Christmas parties go ahead? And I thought it was very interesting that he said um, that um, our advice this week is that you know, if you're going to go out, take a lateral flow. flow well, it's test. a new phrase, isn't it? Flow before you flow go. Flow before you go. Um, but on the other hand, he's not. He's not saying, don't, don't go. Yeah. So I think is he's walking a very, a kind of narrow, hmm. tightrope between um, be sensible but don't not do it. Yeah. And I think that level of uncertainty. You know, we're we're all we are all in the situation where we've worked so hard for so long with this, I'm not sure whether we're gonna to have to do it. I mean, do you remember mm. back in March, 2020? I don't know, I, I know that we both felt this, the kind of, right, we've got to get it done, we've got to adapt, we've got to change, we've got to, you know, this this high adrenaline. Yeah. And push, we didn't, push, push, we push, didn't push. see it was that far in advance. Here we are knocking on the door of 2022. This is the third year it is. in which we are coping with COVID mm. coming up and it's, there's no end in sight. We thought there was going to be an end in sight. It was no. over and done. But so if so if everybody's sitting there thinking, right, you know, we this has been so hard. We just need a moment to regroup. Mm. We just need a moment to remember who we are. And it might not be there. No. And it's and it's thinking about where we're going to be. And it, we, we've all adapted, we've all mm. changed. And I think, yes, there have been some positives that have come out of this. And we've talked about this through many of our podcasts before that, you know, certain relationships and th- certain things that you're doing in school that, you know, we're doing things in a more efficient, in, in a better, in a better way. way. But there's also the other side of it. And I think we've got to remember that, yes, it has brought some people closer together, but it's also pulled some pulls people apart. apart, isn't yeah. it? So it's remember where we are. And I think that what, what's particularly worrying about this whole situation is that, um, there are so few voices in the public forum saying these things and originally our podcast today was actually just going to be the one topic it was just (laughs) going to be about being female in education in Wales 
that was the only thing that we were going to talk about. But I think actually that that fits really nicely yeah. with all of this news that's yeah. out there because how many voices are sounding the the alarm call? the alarm bell yeah the alarm bell the alarm bell well how, how many mm. how many voices are there just saying hang on hang mm. on do you know do you know what's going on very 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 few there's lots of particularly on twitter looking at the numbers mm. and the stats behind mm. it but i think we've got to start thinking about the people behind it as well you, we can't just close you know do covid because of statistics i mean we, are we in the situation now where we look at the number of deaths that mm. are published each week go oh it was only nine this week mm. i mean what an awful thing mm. to speak because i remember when it first came out it was like oh, you yeah. know the first one but, but it, thank you to laura because i think yes. that was a, that was a really really insightful blog yeah and it made me stop and a brave and a brave, yeah, brave one, one because it was so so detailed so accurate so clear and one of the things that i think is really interesting is that you know that we we were going to talk about uh, female being a female educator in wales because we've actually found getting women to come and talk to us about education in wales you know we have had women yeah. talk to us yeah. from education in wales and thank you very much to those people those women who have but we really struggle to find female educators willing to come onto the podcast. We're lovely not, people, and it's, but not, it's obviously not us. It's not to talk to us, is it? No. It's about putting yourself out there. Yes. And I think that's something we struggled with at the beginning, wasn't it? It's being able to, you know, this is what we believe in, this is what we say. Mm. And having that sticking your head above the parapet, particularly here in Wales, you know, you put your head above the parapet, you will get shot down by somebody. Yes. Well, it's always a, a choice, isn't it? It's always a decision. It's always a... Um, a thing to consider before you say something is is this wise mm. is this sensible um will this affect us in any way will will be we be in quote unquote punished for this mm. and i think that you know the number of women that we have asked and i know that we've asked women um in working in schools but also working in um you know, larger organisations, women who have significant responsibility within Wales, who you would expect to feel confident enough in their role to be able to talk about anything. Yeah. And and yet they're, oh, I'm not the right person for this, or, you know, I'm not sure yeah. that I can do that, or, you know, I, I can't. And it it's very, very few. And I think that, um, you know, let's not forget that COVID-19 has actually affected certain groups of people, including women, disproportionately. Mm. And I think that women have always struggled to be heard in society, but women have- Take it seriously. Well. Yes, well, yes, and I say be heard in the kind of more metaphorical sense, but I think that particularly in smaller countries where we don't have as many um, women in, in high places, I mean, you know, Kirsty Williams, come back. We need yeah. a women, a women th- in high places. I think it goes further than that, though. It's it's within the female population. It's also being an older female, as we're, opposed we're to invisible, aren't we? Yeah, the older you get, the more invisible. You know, we always hear about becoming invisible. Yeah, and I don't think we are invisible at the moment. <laughs> Hello, Hello here. Here. <laughs> but you know, you certainly get that feeling. I mean, we we've got an office. Yeah, in a business network hub the business hub which is full of you know freelancers and yeah. entrepreneurs and 
businesses. But very much the demographic of where we are is, you know, lauded as the the the, the under thirty five to watch. Yes, yes. And I think we don't fit into that character into that category. Well, let's face it. You know, if we're talking, uh, we're being really open about this whole thing. You know, two middle aged menopausal women. Yeah. We're we're not um, <laughs> particularly attractive to the news cycle, are we? We're not. We're not. Um, something that people want to you know rush towards and say well we really need to hear your um your view on this we're not instagram influencers are we? no we're not in, the, in the same influence. vein as we expect and i think that along with that and i th- it's something that's not talked about a huge amount that there is this undercurrent of quite hard to put your finger on behavior towards mm. women mm. particularly in smaller um societies or you know where you are known Mm. as opposed to you know larger groups it's there have been occasions where um we have been treated um less than fairly shall we say yeah but you can't do anything about it because it's 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 this subliminal you know kind of could be just you know explained away kind of and it's not until you're actually in that that situation mm. and that age bracket yeah that you actually do step back and think oh that's what's going on mm. and I think if you're younger or you're male mm. you might not see that what we don't want to do is we don't want to sit here and whinge no. this is not a whinge fest this is us just pointing out a fact of life yeah that's... we do we do the whinging before we record yes, absolutely <laughs> that that you know um men have greater power than women that's a fact of life um women are um less visible you know the fact that we are having to have a revolution Mm -hmm. in you know the 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 public sphere about talking about menopause Mm -hmm. you know is is quite astounding Mm -hmm. because it affects people's lives so markedly that you know it's quite taboo up in fact just the fact that what it does also just affect no the females no lives it affects the men around them as well so oh absolutely yeah. absolutely so what what we're doing is we we just want to um raise to people's attention that we have a workforce we have a workforce that is 76 percent female yeah in wales, in wales and these are yeah. statistics from wales slightly different for primary to come to yeah to compared to secondary isn't it but and 25 percent of that are over the age of 50 mm. but you know support staff it's an even higher yeah, percentage of females. So if we have a workforce that is overwhelmingly female and there are significant differences between being a woman in education and what your life is. I mean, I had to make the decision at age 30 that I realised I couldn't both be a really good mum and mm. um you know be a, a teacher with um, additional responsibility mm. I couldn't do them both and I actually gave up teaching and had to go into yeah. sport and do sport for a while but the fact that you know men don't have to make that decision no but very few make that decision well th- yes yeah. but they don't have, have to. to whereas most women who have children at some point mm. have to make a decision about that and I think that it's got to be a compromise we sure. need more women in education in Wales willing to speak up for the things that affect women because they are the majority mm-hmm. of the large majority of our workforce things like as uh, your family gets older and your parents start to um, have significant issues 
and we've got um and the number of people i know that this is happening to women i know that this is happening to that invariably falls to the women to manage that mm. process or to think about how you're going to manage that you know caring for dependents is a female mm. um expectation it, it mm. you know so we need and and let's not forget if we're talking about all of these women in education in wales at the moment who are dealing with a pandemic teaching other people's children going home to their own children mm. potentially dealing with older uh, parents as well dealing with their own mental well-being who's speaking up for that other than laura doll fantastic but what other women in education are speaking up for the majority of the workforce and what we're dealing with and who's listening yeah yeah so the future of education in wales will be determined by the quality of the workforce in Wales. So let's so listen need, to the yeah, workforce and look after them. and look after the workforce and recognise that we really need to hear the workforce. And I think that well and act on what they're saying, not just listening. Absolutely. You know, we can't have this, as Laura Dahl put it, the juggernaut of reform just keep on coming. We can't if we want the quality of yeah. learning in school to improve we want to get it right yeah so let's put everything let's in place work together to, to get it. it right and let's actually have a real conversation about what's going on in schools and the struggles and the difficulties of uh, improving learning in schools rather than um you know only listening to some so, so. opinions or some evidence we need to be listening to everybody so on that then, on that note, <laughs> have a lovely Christmas. Yeah. This is going to be our last um, podcast for this year, as you said at the beginning, but we will be back after Christmas, won't we? We do. And we do have some really exciting people lined up again. We do. For the spring term. But again, if you're female in education, you've got something to say. Yes. Drop come us an and email talk to and us. talk to us. Yes. Because we are nice, really. We are lovely, really. And we will, we will help. You know, the more female voices that we can get out there, talking about their experience in education the better so we yeah. really want to speak to you but have a very restful christmas and thank you for listening to yes. us wintering for so long yes. not just on today's podcast but on all of the other ones yes. that we've we done really appreciate 2021 so see you in 2022 take care thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes you can find us online at www.impact.wales you can also follow us on social media, on Twitter, we're at Impact Wales, on Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales, and on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.